A remake could have been fun if it had been made with vision, or at least an appreciation of the original. If that's grade A beef, call this one a rancid veggie burger. Joshua <laughs> Rothkamp from Entertainment Weekly. This week we review the Netflix film Texas Chainsaw Massacre. To be clear, that's not our review. No, no, no. <laughs> Whoa, that... oh, hold on. I'll say Joshua <laughs> Rothkamp. I think that's how you say it. Uh, I'll just splice that in the beginning. So this will be the second time you've heard it in a very weird order from Entertainment Weekly. Um, this movie is not a. It's not rancid at all. I mean, I mean, the, there. I... <laughs> it's not rancid. So this is this is how you're starting this. This is, this is an unrancid movie. This is an unrancid. Movie. <laughs> I can't wait. This is going on the blur poster when they. Uh, yeah, I, I just <laughs> an, an unrancid masterpiece. An unrancid <laughs> masterpiece. <laughs> all right, proceed. This is a very divisive movie. Maybe not so much anymore. I felt like it was divisive, but it might have tipped to just like hated. I mean, no. it's 30 something low 30s on Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes now, which is an audience score. Audience score and tomato meter both have this movie currently They're, at 30%. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> and from what I saw on Twitter, it was very I know it doesn't reflect the actual reality, but it, it was, feels like the momentum is heading the wrong way for this flick. Dude, I'm tell- I'm gonna call it right now that this movie is gonna be one five years from now. We're like, oh, it's actually pretty good. It's <laughs> actually pretty good, and I'm not gonna be catching myself five years from now <laughs> you're gonna, changing you're gonna my tune. I'm gonna enjoy it now. Good for you. Um, so I've been seeing a lot of pe- people talk about this movie mm-hmm. on Twitter. Some people were like, get like real excited to like start hating on it, mm-hmm. and other people were lo- absolutely loving it. Okay, so it was there was. It was no actual middle ground in right. this movie. It was love it or hate it. Not surprising. Um, Texas Chainsaw, not a great franchise. Right. It's got a couple great entries, but the rest are pretty awful. In fact, you people had to start making the, these like Looney Tune esque, you know, uh, uh, images online of like how to follow the the you know the, mm-hmm. the canon mm-hmm. of, of the of the of the of the series. I, I would change that a little bit. I would say that Texas Chainsaw is a great franchise, but it's it's one of the weird ones. Just like Creepshow is a great franchise, even though there's not a lot of quality down the line. In like, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 tricky. Some franchises, Phantasm, you know, that first movie is a lot of what happens in that franchise. You know, going for momentum wise for how it's remembered by horror fans, or whatever. I'm just saying, like, it's a great franchise with a lot of unquality content in it, is how I would say it. I I think the only thing saving everything else in that franchise is just the pure sound of a chainsaw. Like that's always going to be. <laughs> yeah, but we we right massively now. disagree on Texas Chainsaw Two now, which I've come to love. So that's right. I, okay, but which is interesting because you don't like the O three version. And you like right? Yeah, so exactly, we each right, have exactly, our, right. we each have our. But that's what I'm saying. There's a, three very interesting movies in there with some really interesting material in the other movies, even though some of a lot of that stuff is bad. I and it's a huge name. It's a huge icon. I just think of it as one of the great franchises. I, I, I but that doesn't mean 
that there's a lot of good movies in the franchise. Sometimes that happens. I see you mean you're categorizing as a great right. franchise. Just, just of, off of, of what it accomplished. And volume. Right. Like they actually right. made them. Okay, I see. It's like Bride of Frankenstein. She was on screen for like seven minutes and she's a horror icon forever. Like this franchise got a lot done in a little bit of space and then there was a lot of filler. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's still great because it's literally one of the unforgettable icons. Like I like Leatherface more than Chucky, more than like a lot of the mm-hmm. top tier icons just as a as a and then the family and all that. So anyway. Okay. Um yeah, no, I did not know what to expect going into this movie. I, I wanted to go in as kind of blank slate as possible. Mm-hmm. Now I'll be honest, I did read a couple articles about test screenings okay, that a lot of people said were bad. And then Fetty Alvarez, who produced the movie, uh, was he, he kind of just dismissed them, saying, like, uh, it's, it's, that's, test, okay. that's test screenings for you, essentially. <laughs> you always get kind of kind of crapped on. So I was kind of thinking maybe this movie might be a disaster. Hmm. But I think I only watched the trailer once, and I saw some of the promo images, but I didn't, like, really dive into it. Right. I wanted to try to maintain, like, just – how, Which is unusual for you. I like that you went this. I love how that clear you did this. I can go yep. into it. Right. And um, so there are some things that like are kind of goofy with the movie that there are problems in it. Like it's not like a perfect, it's not Casablanca. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's right. not Casablanca. Um, but I think within like the first maybe like 20, 25 minutes or something like that, like I just remember kind of, I think I said to you, like, I'm really digging this movie. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't trying to force myself to like it mm-hmm. either. Like I was just no. like, whatever happens, happens. No, there's been a bunch of movies we wanted to feel this way about recently right. that I would have really liked that I felt the way that I feel about this movie about them. And it, 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 there's no way. Yeah. But this one, yeah. This one, this one, this is the best shot Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I right. Mean, I mean, it's hard to compare it to the original. Because well, the original is better shot just because, uh, right, exactly. Of it the circumstances. Whatever it accomplished, right. Yes. This shot or this movie like it just it just felt like before they made the movie mm-hmm. the, like it, the, you could actually title this the pretty shot texas chainsaw massacre <laughs> like there's so many amazing <laughs> shots like this is a good texas chainsaw massacre movies are usually not very pleasing to look at right they're you know they got they're dusty they got that brown yeah. reddish kind of like you know color yeah totally. to it um, uh, let me tell you something. something really really weird happened to me in this movie is um, I got big Rob Zombie Halloween, especially Halloween 2 vibes from it. I don't know why. Um, something about the pacing and the atmosphere, but there's a there there's great shots in there in the Rob Zombie Halloweens where like Michael's just going through a field alone. And it's the quiet shots that are the best things in those movies. And there's so much of that, but with Leatherface here. And it all looks great. Like those pretty shots you were talking about. Some of them were scary. Some of them were like gory. Some of them were iconic, but they all looked beautiful. It was weird that it all looked so good, even when the mayhem got really dark. One of the but the atmosphere was 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 the cool. atmosphere was great in this movie, and it wasn't all just pure dust, you know, and and tumbleweeds, which <laughs> is what you expect, right? <laughs> um, it's it's funny. One of the um. Two two movies came up when we were watching it that this movie reminded us of or, or gave us sort of like you know I hate saying vibes but like <laughs> it's, it's, I know. It's, we're in we're in L A we get total well, vibes. Well, it's also that word is erasing the memory of any other word that's used there now. Yeah, like, I'm like, what word do I use well, there? Right, exactly. Feeling right. Um, right. it it gave me um uh House of Wax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I right feelings. Yep, we'll go with feelings. 
Um, and because uh, of that village, the influencer yes. Dantopia. Dantopia. As they, as they call it in the movie. Um, but also, I know you did last summer. Yes, with the huge cast. feeling of that. Yep. Um, the, the the characters. I I bought all the characters. I like the relationship between mm-hmm. the sisters. Nobody was. There wasn't really like bad acting. Well, these there? characters are not deep. These they are, but they're cardinal. believable, right? But they're believable in the way that the characters and I know what you did aren't deep and believable. I mean, this right. feels like TikTokers, right? Are in the Texas Chainsaw right. Massacre, you know. The weird thing is, I think that the look of this movie, the kills in this movie, and Leatherface in this movie are the strongest things about the movie, and the influencer and Sally things are the weakest things in this movie to me. And then we can talk about the ending, yeah. <laughs> right? But I, I sort of categorize it like that. Does that make sense? But it the I it wasn't bad enough to bother me, and the payoff of the scene that everyone knows about by now was good enough to justify. It was great, and everything is. I swear to God, like I just feel like the most artistic sons of bitches shot this movie. Like mm-hmm. there's so many shots. Like we did an episode. Like one of our first episodes was like. You know, what frame would you hang on your wall? Mm-hmm. And there was a lot in this movie that, like, mm-hmm. I would hang on my wall. Like, it looks really good. Unfortunately, it's all taken up by Secret Movie Club Hitchcock posters. <laughs> but, um, and sidebar, you can tell, despite the fact that the numbers on this movie in this instant response culture right now are low, you can tell that there's something about it that people can't let go of because it's starting to really, it's memeable. Yes. <laughs> so you're starting to see it pop up even by. If something's in your consciousness and you can't get rid of it, even if you think you hate it, it's still winning a little yeah. bit, right? So it's it's getting some of that. Well, let's hit a few of the big the big points here. It's a slasher movie. <laughs> what do you think of the kills? They one of the strongest things in it. Like they look from, great. First of all, it fascinates me um, the order that directors choose for the kills because. Mm-hmm. You you can tell that they can tell they know they're with the best ones they have, right? So where are they going to put them? Like you know that one kill, you know, like they have the Jason X nitrogen kill. Like where are we going to put it? Right? right? How many kills have come before, after, right? For the show's number, so I don't even know how you'd order this because they're all pretty great and unique. <laughs> Right and unique and nothing like revolutionary or change the world like innovative, like whatever. But for what it is, they're great. So I think it's one of the best things about the movie. Yeah, I thought I thought the kills um, were they were pretty creative. They're better than like uh, like let's take a comparable Halloween era movie like Haunt that everyone loved. I think the kills in this are better than Haunt, but I bet horror fans like Haunt better than they're gonna than yeah like this. Which is weird because I feel like if it's Halloween time, both of those movies could be played <laughs> one after another, and you're gonna have a great, you know, totally. I, you know, I, you know, I don't like using thrill ride, but like that's what you're gonna get <laughs> when you put these movies together. Yeah, um, the kills were creative. The gore looked really good, and there was a lot of it. There was a lot of gore, and yep. and none of it looked bad because that's the joke about this damn movie, right? The, the title and there's right. no massacre, so like finally now there's a damn massacre. Horror, we don't we want we ask we ask and ask we get and then we don't like it like what's terrible the hell? <laughs> it's terrible yeah. they finally deliver you know here's the massacre tons of in, tons of intestines literally oceans of blood so that's annoying um but the gore <laughs> but the gore looked great i thought the yeah. kills were creative yeah. um leatherface in this movie that's mm-hmm. you know it's been over a decade since we've had a new uh 
Jason, it's been a long time since we've had a new Freddy. Yep. Uh, we just randomly got Michael and Ghostface back. <laughs> yeah. And Chucky. Yep. Um, but Leatherface coming back is interesting. And do we want to do this here? Because you hate what they've done with them. You love the look. We so we both love the look. We both love the performance. I, I I'm yes. par- I'm paraphrasing. Yes. But you hate what they've done to the character. They they. Because they supernaturalified him, and you they kind of Jason him a little bit, they, right? And they, I do. Do we think, want to talk about this? Or we... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's. I mean, that is a big thing. Like, you know, one of the reasons we started the podcast was because, like, this is a conversation we would have had is about <laughs> right. this, and right. it's one of those conversations we would have where we would be like, we should have recorded that for the show. So <laughs> here we are. Here we are. I think the one thing that was um, that attracted a lot of horror fans to Leatherface, as opposed to Michael, Freddy, Jason, mm-hmm. is the fact that he's just a dude. And of course. the fact that he's just a random hillbilly totally. in Travis County, Texas, 100%. like that is Agreed. that's that's the scary part. Is it just a normal guy with a little, you know, deformed face or whatever like that? Absolutely. Kills people, wears their face. That's it. That's bare bones. Pretty awesome. Inarguable. Totally agree. In this movie, he bodies so many people. He's like, <laughs> who's who's like a big linebacker? Who's oh, who just won for the Rams? He's like Aaron Donald. He's, he's right. Aaron Donald. Yep. Yeah, Donalding yep. everyone. Right, and like, he's like theoretically like some late seventies, eighties. I don't even know. What he's but yeah. So every I was trying to look at the math before the episode, like right. I, like how old was he? And like everyone just kind of says twenty. Like <laughs> everyone's just like twenty. Right. Everyone's like sure. So fifty <laughs> years later, that would put it. This would make him seventy-ish years right, old. Right. Right. So he's seven. 70. 70 going on like unstoppable force of nature. Yeah, right. I, I did have a big problem with the fact that he, I believe he gets shot three times by a shotgun. Yeah. Stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> and then he falls into dropped into the T2 vat after it cooled over 100 years. And let me just tell you something. That well, that water's <laughs> been sitting there for so long. If you get open gaping wounds and you fall yeah. into that, like, Leatherface should die of like staph infection. Yeah. Like, like four days after the events of this movie. thousand percent. I I, and he's not going. So to get I agree a... with all this. I have a counter argument, but it's it's not out of disagreement. Okay. With anything you're saying, I agree with everything. I'm open. Saying. Here's my argument. Like I know why the caged Leatherface sings. You got to let him free, man. Like this Leatherface. <laughs> we live in the era of superheroes. It is. It is. They have taken over everything. It's ever present in culture. It, there's you cannot sell this this basic human killer anymore in movies. He's joined the crew of superhero. You know, he has superhero powers. He's just in the horror genre, but it's an uns, it's the it's the gravitational pull of what's happening in entertainment in general mm-hmm. with the superheroification of everything. You can't you can't want him to go against that and want want that character to stay relevant in culture. It just doesn't work in 2022. They can come back and do that later. By the way, you're the fan of Jason X, so you should know all this because <laughs> Uberfying. <laughs> they Uber they Ubered, Ubered right, Leatherface. They, they literally Ubered him and you loved it, right? So like like so but so the, my my thing is I don't think they have a choice and here the, the, the my asterisk to my argument is it doesn't address any of the problems in what you were saying. They're all still there and, and I didn't fix any of that for you because I'm just explaining why it's happening. But you know what? I'm not so- arguing that it's good or bad. But here's the thing. There is a sidecar to this argument. And and I really do think that what's going to happen here is 
why Texas Chainsaw, the original movie, was so great is nothing really looked like that in entertainment. It looked right. like that in the snuff industry or something, but it, <laughs> it didn't look like that in movies you were, people were seeing, like, basically. So it was new. It was raw. It was different. It hit in a different way, like Blade Runner hit in a different way. We right. need something new. We don't need better versions of what's already been done. So the real way to do an homage to Texas Chainsaw isn't to concern ourselves with, can we recapture the old magic or whatever? You can't. Just superhero five and let it go. Bright burn away. <laughs> like, it's fine. But maybe they could do something in the genre that's Leatherface related that actually reinvents it somehow. That what was is what was great about Texas Chainsaw, right? And if you can't do that, you can't capture the magic of the original one, no matter how hard you try. You can't make that look work anymore. So Unless I think they did what they could. The mob. <laughs> right, exactly. And you, and you right, have the pressure exactly. of cement's shoes <laughs> on your mind when you're rolling. Right, unless anyone, and then asterisk number two, I'm a fucking lawyer today. Like, <laughs> unless someone would listen to us finally and make a full feature-length movie like the new Haddonfield in Halloween Kills. Just do that. They could have done that with the Texas Chainsaw universe. You could do that with anything if you're good enough. You don't know what I'm talking well, they about. They might be. Oh, no, what do you mean by that? Like, Kills? you know, like in Halloween Kills, remember that part where it was shot like it was part of the 78 film and we loved that sequence? Oh, oh and we wanted and he that sequence. That. Yeah, but we were like, why don't you just do the whole movie? We, we said in, in Halloween Kills, when right. we left that part, we were sad. Yeah. Like, we were like, we would watch a whole movie done like that. Well, you just do a whole movie like, like Texas Chainsaw style like that. Yeah, you got this. That's the only way out <laughs> right yeah. is to do it like that and honestly listen to be, us we're, this is a pitch we're just we're giving this to you yeah, for Fetty free Alvarez right? when yeah. you you and uh, this I think is Eric Blue happen. Garcia I think is the director yeah, yeah. This is, there you go just give it 10% off just. the top and that's it <laughs> we're good we'll right. sign the contracts just bring them over right um, okay anyway I'm sorry argument over but <laughs> so that was my feeling is they had to do it because everything is superheroes now, and there's no way to be relevant, and we want Leatherface also, to be relevant. Also, And I kind of like how they did it. I don't like that they didn't explain it. I hate when movies do that. I do, I loved for I love when John Carpenter did it, but like you can only get away with that like one time, right? No, I. But there's a lot of they plot did it, holes. They in did this it damn because thing. it's horror movies. Horror movies at the very mm -hmm. end, the killer jumps up, and there's a sequel. Right, so right. it's almost you know if they didn't do it, yeah. I honestly, I wonder if they didn't do it, if the movie would have been rated like. 40% higher. Right, <laughs> like, but a lot of other people, literally hundreds upon hundreds of people have worked in this franchise before this movie and nobody has made Leatherface Supernatural until now. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... That's the rule. That's the rule. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, humdinger. I, of the, of I know I'm for it just for a weird reason. Okay, what else is this movie got? Um, Hit me. Well, so that that, that or was. Do you want to talk about the reviews? The no, we'll get to now. the reviews uh, okay. here in a second. One of, so. One thing that I thought was interesting is this is a slasher movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. What do you want in a slasher film? You want great kills mm -hmm. that look amazing, mm -hmm. that shot beautifully. Um, I mean, what else do you want from a slasher movie? I mean, some people would some people would argue, and I do agree with this a little bit, and we actually kind of said it at the end, you do want the slasher movies to at least be somewhat scary. Yeah. And this wasn't a very scary Texas Chainsaw no, movie. No, that's the worst fault of this movie actually. Yeah. Besides possibly the ending depending on how you feel, but the it's it's that that's it, that's rough. I I hate that such a a franchise that got such a frightening start, such a legendarily terrifying start 
just can't get scary right anymore. And what 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 sucks though is all the scary moments are Leatherface sneaking up on people in creaky old abandoned houses without making right. a sound. Right. <laughs> that there are jump scare scares in here, and they do, and they do, and they kinda, look cool. And, yeah, they like, look cool, and they will make you jump, but they're not scary. Like they're not. No, no they're not scary. They're, they're, this is not a movie where you're when you're walking home late at night all alone on the sidewalk and like there's sounds behind you and like whatever this movie isn't in your head you're fine no because like if it happened if you're walking home and there's a 70 year old man chasing you just <laughs> just speed walk right well or don't even bother to run because he's also like an apex predator who he can, can outswim crocodiles with six <laughs> bullet wounds in his chest exactly. and it doesn't even matter yeah. um so it's a slasher film this yes. is what i thought was interesting about the conversation the, the kills were great um the order, and I thought this was interesting. I kind of want to look at this mm-hmm. for other movies. The order of discussion. That's what I keep calling it in my head. The order of discussion. I love this. So we posted a meme where a lot of people were talking about how bad it was, and Homer's in the middle, mm-hmm. just kind of being like, it was decent. Mm-hmm. Of people talking about the, the right, and everyone behind it was, it was trash. It doesn't it's hold garbage. up the original or anything. Yeah, and Homer's just like, it was decent. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So we posted that on our Facebook and on Instagram, and we instantly got a lot of people who were like, I really liked it. Yeah. I really liked it. And then they started naming the things they wanted. And that's what I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. When it was, um, I think it was like David Lynch or someone like that. It was like when, after you see a movie, like you sit in your car mm-hmm. and you kind of sit with it and mm-hmm. then you discuss it. Mm-hmm. I was like, but what do you discuss first after a movie? Right. And what people were discussing first after this mm-hmm. was interesting. They were talking about how great the, the first thing out of almost everyone's mouth was mm-hmm. how great the kills were. Yes. They were like, the kills in this were fantastic. Yep. They were gory. They were bloody. Yep. Like, again, it's kind of what you want out of a movie. <laughs> right. so why it's and out. also it stands out in the, the, with the background of the fact that the horror lately, horror movies haven't been doing this for us that much. You'll get occasional iconic ones from like hereditary or right. whatnot. But it's not like it used to be. It used to be feast, and now it turned a little famine. So now you have this. You have a bunch of them in one place, and horror fans are like, "Whoa, what's that?" They're instantly right. taking notes. So, so like, there's yeah. obviously a huge because there there hasn't been like a ton of, and maybe there is on Shutter, but like I could only watch so many movies <laughs> a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe there are a bunch of gore fests on Shutter that we're missing, but right. there hasn't been anything at least this mainstream. That's oh, there's the, been tons of you, no, movie. yeah, there has been tons of good gory like stuff, even stuff that you wouldn't suspect like Titan or whatever is. In a sense, it's just that I guess the subcategory of these kind of movies, like 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 Jigsaw or Leatherface that came before this, or whatever. We know what these kind of movies are supposed to be, like the Poltergeist remake. These kind of movies aren't the Friday the Thirteenth, two thousand nine. These mm-hmm. kind of movies aren't great and they don't usually have a lot of great kills like how many great kills are in friday 13th fucking 2009 none <laughs> the one with one the, with the, the the board under hiding under right hiding that's the right with the where right exactly that's right, right it's right it's got <laughs> it's got one right <laughs> that's what i'm saying so um but this movie has a plenty. bunch yes and everyone has like even like the kid who had his uh jaw hacked in yep, half was yep. great um, the the I, I loved the crash scene. I thought that was the crash scene was awesome. was really well done. The, bus, I, the crash scene was actually my favorite 
sequence in the movie. It cut back and forth. It wasn't. It wasn't. They didn't show it all at once, but it cut back to Sally finding the scene, and every, it, like it was just a great shot with her truck and her. Oh, the thunderstorms it. in the it, background. Yeah, amazing. Plus, we get a Texas Chainsaw movie with a thunderstorm, and you put a thunderstorm in any movie, and I'm just like, the atmosphere is great. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and and Leatherface was really present. By the way, he felt like Boris Karloff's Frankenstein to me. Like the mm-hmm. the footsteps, the how he moved. Then he would move like lightning, but then not. I think they overdid the him flying from the side like a ninja. Yeah, I want to put the, I want to put the <laughs> Superman like dun 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 dun. It worked, and then they realized it worked, and they did it like too too many times. I wish the shark had once, broken on him. Yeah, once was good. Just <laughs> right. I think I think he tackles about three people <laughs> right. in the movie, <laughs> and his look is fantastic to me. But I just he was really present. I felt like. He was there when he went through things. It felt like he was really going through things. And a lot ne- of times that that doesn't come across in in movies like this. And but. his visual did not overstay its welcome. Yes. Whenever he was on screen, yeah. like it was always like like you were kind of on the edge of your seat, wondering right. what's going to happen. How's this person going to escape? How's he going to kill didn't that do person? The Texas Chainsaw Two dance. <laughs> he had a chainsaw the dick. Little, it was a chainsaw dick. The little Leatherface dance. Remember his little like, <laughs> the, his little, like jig. The little shuffle. <laughs> the, at the, the, end. the Leatherface. Shuffle. Yeah, that's what this film is missing. With Bill, Bill Mosley yelling at, <laughs> at, at uh, lick my plate, you dog. Um, yeah. So the kills were the first thing, yeah. and I thought that was a good sign for a slasher film that people come out of your movie and you they keep talk saying that, and you're being sarcastic. I know you sound innocent, but you're you're like I hear you just being like. It's got the one thing it needs. Come on, it's, it's like good. ordering a it's like ordering a meal at a restaurant and they give it to you and you're not satisfied. You're <laughs> right, like, well, what the fuck did you want? Right, right, exactly. uh, the next yeah. thing people talked about, mm-hmm. and I I love this order thing. You, the, I the, agree the, with with the majority of the people in here. And one of the reviewers we're going to actually bring up here and, and tease a new series that we're going to do. I'm going to I'm going to I'm not. It's not dragging, but like it's just an interesting, it's an astute observation of <laughs> film criticism because I think we're film criticism. This is why I'm is, looking forward to this yeah, already. I think we're film criticism is that today is kind of interesting because there is no like Roger Ebert today. Like there's not like the one person. Everything's decentralized, right? Yeah, everyone's just finds someone they like, and, and or people are just writing stuff because they have a deadline to or something like that. I right. don't know. Um, next thing they talked about was the ending. Yes. And I do agree that the ending is. What jarring. was the take? I didn't look. What was the internet's take on the ending? <sighs> half and half. Some people really? thought some people thought it was, thought it was cheesy it. And, and hated it. I hated it myself. Mm-hmm. So like I'm I'm sort of with them. Like I I love like I really do like this movie a mm-hmm. lot. Like mm-hmm. this, I had a ton of fun watching mm-hmm. this. The ending So it's interesting. It's I thought the ending sucked because of how abrupt it is. So spoiler alert: the two sisters make it. Psych. Leatherface isn't dead. He pulls her out of the car, uh, out of their Tesla or whatever, and decapitates her. But Mm -hmm. while I don't like that because I would have loved if the sisters had lived, Mm -hmm. the visual of it is really gnarly. Mm -hmm. Like it's Mm -hmm. shot really well. That's why I'm pro the ending. So so it's weird. It's like it's like I'm pro the ending for the same reason I was pro the ending of life. It just. Once you got that in your head, like as a director storyboarded with the music and like whatever, how could you not shoot it? It just looks so good. <laughs> I mean, someone right. de- like decapitated by chance on their knees while they're holding up their head. Like it's just like right. It, you got to think to yourself, like how aware is this person? Like they're the heads watching the car go away. Like it's horrifying. That's that legendary thing about the guillotine. Like how long does the head live? Like it's a legendary EC Comics kind of and it's sort of, twist and it, they add at the. I'm not saying it's great. I think it was. 
cheesy as shit, and it's probably going to age about as well as like the friggin' blow up doll going through the window of Nightmare on Elm Street. Or, right, or, right. <laughs> right. But it's you know it's it's I, I'm pro the ending. I thought the visual was shocking, and they the, they re, it refreshed the ending move that Leatherface does in the road with the chainsaw, but now it's added a decapitated head. So it upped the the ante on on like what that icon is gonna do when they show you the when they do call outs to the original. Like they did a call out to the slamming door, like the kill behind the door. Mm-hmm. And the way they executed it and this one was slick as well. Yeah, right. It's never as good as the original. But like it was it was better as a re as a take that most people have managed. Yeah. Right? So I, for, for that, I'm pro the ending. I just think story-wise, it's a hot fucking mess. Which that brings I, me to the third that thing. That I hated. Brings me to the third, <laughs> yes. third and last thing that everyone this, was talking this, about. Yes. It was great kills. Loved it. Yep. Uh, flip a coin on the ending. Yep. Story was meh. Yeah, story was terrible. Um, too it, many holes, too many problems, too much garbage that you didn't i mean leatherface being you know, sally totally unnecessary all the way through yeah it's like she like waited 50 years to like do it i i, I halloween definitely did the Lori strode coming back mm-hmm. and like doom prepping for michael mm-hmm. um i mean given the fact that he's just like this unkillable thing it makes a lot of sense and this right and the, i agree that that comparison is is not in the favor of this movie or this right. or whatever but you don't even need that comparison this is bad on its own if halloween 2018 had never existed this is still bad there's no reason for this character to be here doing the things that she's doing there's just no it reason just except help. for to fan service it in which didn't even feel like a fan service no, because the original on. actress right she ends up in a pile of damn garbage like her last frame of you know like that <laughs> that account the one perfect shot how they just like tweet like you know an iconic shot of godfather or iconic shot of right. Casablanca, iconic shot of wizard of oz or whatever like you know i sally hard is the iconic shot like just like hefty bags and yeah, like she, what the fuck she died surrounded by trash like shredder in the ninja turtles movie. like they both had the same and, and one was like a super villain <laughs> so like it made no just, sense it's just kind of wild yeah i just didn't like any of that i thought that was terrible the influencers felt like they were put there to be killed and 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 i appreciate that the the kills were good, but you know that the story, that part was whatever. I did like the town, you know the the the, the that the fact that the story led to this ghost town, you know, kind of again any any road that brought the movie the atmosphere I was for. Anything else with the story, I felt like wasn't doing a great job. But I'm not sure you need story for like what's the story of Jaws? Shark gets mad. Music. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Right. Um, Shark gets mad. Quint gets drunk. So after, Quint gets mad. so after I watched the movie, I was yep. like, "Let's see what like some other articles are saying." Like, if I just do like, yes. a quick glance, because we know with Rotten Tomatoes, it's in its low thirties. In the Hollow Weekly Facebook group and page, like people were really liking the movie. So yep. I was, I was kind of confused. I was like, "Well, what are people saying here?" And yep. There was a uh, uh, article here by Don K um, from Den of Geek. And it was the Texas Chainsaw ending is unexplainable. So I, I agree with that. Like that to me, it's unexplainable. Like him and I agree on this. Um, Perfect. And but then I read the article, and there were some things <laughs> where I start to deviate, and it's no shade to him. It was just I, I thought you, are, you started from a point of agreement. Yes. So 
I'm going to read part of this article, Let's do and this. then I'm going to read you a, a headline from another article he wrote. And I want to try to connect the dots of why one is fair for one film and not for another. Right. Let's do this. Okay. So this is this is Don Kay's article about Texas Chainsaw Massacres, and it's unexplainable. Um, it says there are so many wrong, uh, so many things wrong with a new Netflix movie, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. A dull, pointless, mean-spirited, cynical cash grab. Which I don't know if Netflix films are cash grabs because they don't get box office. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I could be wrong. Yep. I'm not sure. Uh, so unimaginative that the filmmakers couldn't even be bothered to come up with at least a variation of the title. But surely the film's ending is one of the shabbiest and dumbest aspects of the entire fiasco. So, like, okay, you probably brought me back in. I kind of, I still grew in the ending. Um, and then, I didn't tell you about this part. This is due to George. Um, he ends it with, um, uh, time to hang up the chainsaw. Trying to explain away Leatherface's ability uh, in this film uh, as uh, being along the lines of Michael Myers just doesn't hold water. I agree uh he's still he's still a senior citizen still not exactly in fighting shape yet he keeps coming back simply because the filmmakers here uh david blue garcia screenwriter uh uh chris uh, delvin and producer fetty alvarez and kim hankel all of whom should be in movie jail after this wow needs to squeeze every last jump scare uh and cheap shock out of this mess movie jail are you kidding me so what's interesting is a lot that's a lot of the arguments that 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 you sort of agree with and that's the problem is that i that's what i think that's not what this movie is doing well Mm -hmm. (laughs) right i but first of all it's shocking to hear a critic throw down like from their tea and scones to throw down mean-spirited Unlike the legendarily sunny original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I thought that was where yep. the filming experience was just so sweet and everything, <laughs> it's sweet, loving. It held your and hand. That movie was just known for like you know everyone feeling good vibes after you saw it. But no, now the franchise has gone mean. <laughs> like what the hell was that? First of all, um, okay. But then he wrote an article called "The Dark Knight" when plot holes don't matter, and then the sub headline <laughs> is. If you're still trying to figure out some inconsistencies in the Dark Knight, we have an answer. Who cares? Right. And that's where I start to have yeah, yeah. like a problem. So you have the Dark Knight that's made by one of arguably the best directors and writers of our generation, yep. Christopher Nolan, yep. in a multi-million dollar, huge budgeted studio film. And it's littered with plot holes. And your answer is, who cares? Yeah. But the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is a slasher film. Which you which should has... be holding the, like, way lower standard. <laughs> yeah. You, you, that's why, and that's why I think I enjoyed it. Because I know all the like the past, right. like, four uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre have been dog shit. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why I enjoyed it. I put my right. expectations so yep. low. But why is it when a a slasher film that is arguably some of the best score and the best kills mm-hmm. does exactly what the fuck a slasher film needs to do. Right. It's the, it, people need to go to movie jail. <laughs> we gotta go to movie jail for this. Like right. there's stills in this film that are beautiful yeah. and that needs to go to movie yeah, jail. Yeah, you gotta go to movie jail for this atrocity, this crime against cinema. What is that? <laughs> I'm serious. Like, well, that's, you're right. But it's also, the thing is, they're they're generating content outward. These people who write this shit now, they're just trying to get clicks and eyes and and whatever. So 
they they have to take these they they don't have to be internally consistent anymore Roger Ebert, the problem with Roger Ebert was he had thought through like a philosophy of like movies. Yeah. So you could almost predict in advance what Roger Ebert was going to review a movie. You just weren't going to predict the amazing writing, but you kind of knew like how it was going to go because he, you, he, he, there was, you knew kind of, you can't predict what these people are going to do. I can't predict what dead, this Denny geek person is going to write because they're, they're hunting for clicks a lot of time. And, and, even when they're not, even when it's like a legitimate and they're trying to do and the and the the inconsistency is just accidental that they, they didn't think it through or they just don't put a lot of thought into horror. So they don't care to make it consistent to the stuff they've said over here or like whatever. Right. Which could be part of what's happening. It still is a problem that they, they don't work hard enough to see the stuff in certain genres that they do otherwise. Right. I mean, what else is your job? <laughs> like, That's you're not a critic and, like, a bricklayer. <laughs> you're just a critic. And I'll be fair. Like, there, are, there are things that I've said in review that, like... Of course. Like, at one point in time, I, I think I, I think I said something about, like, the score for Sleepy Hollow, even though I loved it. Yep. During that viewing, it just didn't do nothing for me. <laughs> yep. But then I watched a video of Victor Wooten talking about the simplicity of, of mm-hmm. music, and there's some music in uh, Sleepy Hollow that kind of follows this, like, simplicity. It's just, like, four notes descending. Right. And then I re-listened to it again. I was like, oh, dude, I was totally So wrong. you just changed your mind. You evolved, uh, right? Totally I'm happy that. with him evolving to our position. <laughs> um, I just I just thought that was I just thought that was weird. That yes. that these uh, that Fetty Alvarez of Evil Dead and Don't Breathe, who's has to go to movie has to, it's has, a little extreme for right. Has to go to movie Joe. I think that's meanwhile, Christopher Nolan can have a huge budget with a bunch of writers and a studio and get right. away with plot holes, and his answer is who cares? Right. And meanwhile, Michael Bay owns the jail and land where the jail is. Yeah, all. so like my problem my so my answer to him would be, Did you think Texas Chancel was terrible? Here's my answer. Who cares? <laughs> right. Well, I, right, obviously. Who gives a shit? The nuclear option is we don't care what your opinion is, but but I I I don't think it has to get there. I think what, the thing is, you know, there's only two kind of people here. Like if you're if you're shown something that's internally inconsistent, you either are able to explain why no you got you got it wrong. I, I am consistent. Like these the, you're you're misinterpreting what I got, and then they could prove. That right, and I would be open to that. Like that would be amazing if they could do that, because then I'd be like, "Oh, well, you, it's funny we you say that." So, like, one thing that I wish reviewers would do, and I want to start doing this with our reviews, and we sort of did it on our our last review uh, with Garen when we watched um, uh, Event Horizon mm-hmm. and thirty five millimeter. Uh, Thirty-five millimeter. Yeah. Um, one of the things I really like because I I love computer hardware and computer tech, and one of the things that I really like, especially on. Um, like the uh, PC gaming subreddit and like old school, like Tom's hardware, um, like threads and stuff like that. Uh, people on their, on their profile, like when they post, you see like, they usually post like their computer specs. So like yep. I have an Intel or an AMD, yep. uh, you know, 3070 or whatever, yep. 32 gigs of RAM. Yep. And I, I would be curious if, if uh, reviewers would start telling us how did they view it because that's a philosophy that you and i really have is one of the things that we think can greatly improve a film experience is how are you experiencing it or degrade a film yeah yeah, exactly it could (laughs) go either way but like are you watching it and like like if i was watching Coraline on like a rainy day that's going to be way different than if i had watched Coraline on a plane you know what i'm saying and like i there was movies that we have reviewed that i watched on a plane right (laughs) there should be like specs of the review like what was your view yes so if, so if someone was like I, you know, I, I saw, um, 
you, you know, some movie 35 millimeter. Like, mm-hmm. I think just that little bit of information would help me understand where the reviewers are. Because, right, this, like, for, what in screen? Where were you? And then what was last time? Yeah, you just, were... just a small description. Because I don't right. know where this guy was when he watched Texas Chainsaw. Like, right. I'm, I'm assuming on Netflix in his home, but like, like, computer setup. What's what's your setup? Right, right. And, but and the bigger argument also is that movies can reach out of movies and and into the real world like that's the whole point like there are days where personal shopper got into my head and then it affected like i was on a walk and my walk went longer (laughs) right because i was like i just need to do another loop and like all of a sudden it occurred to me like i was like i didn't understand what happened there and all of a sudden it was interesting again, right? They, like movies can come out of the world, even in real time. Like a you know, sad movie will make you cry, like whatever. It's not, it's not just a flat two D experience, right? Right. So like, it it matters where where you've seen it and what your experience of of it is, right? And it's particularly hard as a reviewer when it's your job, so you're just consuming a lot of this. Mm-hmm. It becomes very run of a mill experience for a lot of right. Yeah, and I know, like, during, like, Oscar season, sometimes, like, you know, they're really always trying to sweeten up, like, um, mm-hmm. the, the voting, you know, people and stuff of like course. that. So they'll be like, hey, have you seen our movie? You should watch it on this iPad. <laughs> I'll keep the iPad. Like, you know what I mean? Of and, course. like, how many – so that's what I'm wondering is, like, are the reviewers watching it on an iPad? Are they watching right. it on the phone? Are they watching it in a, in a well, theater? Well, and fuck the reviewers. Also, more importantly, how are the people – the the fans like the people who are buying the tickets and like actually how are they watching it? and then so this this thirty percent you know audience score like whatever you know it doesn't matter I, I I'm happy to be against like a tide or four tide it's actually kind of irrelevant from that standpoint but it's more interesting to me that after doing the how low can we do go series for so long I'm more used to seeing disagreements now. Mm-hmm. It, nothing ever lines up. You can't get anyone to agree on anything anymore. But this movie is just agreed across the board. It was just like 30s by everybody. Which is, which I is, was like, what the hell is happening here? And and so let, let's. I, I don't know how what else you have to cover, whatever. But like to wrap up the review part of it, I just want to do the counter argument because it would make it more interesting to me. So the counter argument of this is that the characters are really shallow and no and hateable right and you don't care about them and that there's a lot of plot holes right so are the plot holes bad enough to sink this thing right and that's where you're talking about the reviewers like they they don't hold it over here and they hold it over here so let's well our guy said you don't care about plot holes right but right <laughs> but what's the most egregious plot hole in in this 2022 Texas Chainsaw Massacre like horror whatever but like the biggest plot hole I guess is that Leatherface is unkillable now is that like are we considering but it's not a, a plot hole if that's just who he is now like if they right. just rewrote it if they just and now made it's a him choice, right so like. And I, the the story plot, like I don't. Think... You know what? I think they left out a thing. I think the water he fell in was Ra's al Ghul's pit, <laughs> so he could just. I think. Climb out. Yeah, they they Leatherface removed the sign. It was that you know the sign said don't shoot him here, and then they did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I th- I think that the movie is fun enough to overcome the plot the plot hole challenges that it inarguably has. But anyone who's gone back and looked at like them explanation point and at that, which is a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. Yeah. Like 
I don't know about you, but I tell you, the 50 sci-fi horror had plot holes galore <laughs> <laughs> when the giant insects came. Right. <laughs> right. So um, sometimes you got to go with it. Um, so we have a new idea that we want to yes. try out that we're tentatively calling Reviewing the Reviewer. Yeah. Reviewing the Reviews. Reviewing the Reviews. Yes. Um, it was pretty much inspired by how we used to kick off how low can we go we're actually going to start doing that again because that yeah. was always the best part is loved it is is reading what the reviewers say of these rotten reviewed films and then diving into it so but it gave us the idea of like what if we like reviewed the reviews mm-hmm. like what if we like really dove into like what are these people saying i want to take a review like either someone that's egregiously bad or really not, not just good but also like well constructed because there's a craft to really good reviews. You can feel it. There are mm-hmm. reviewers who do this, right? Um, and I would love to take on a review and take it apart. But I feel like they're few and far between now. I feel like the best reviews I get now are YouTubers. I agree. Who take their time to I, really dissect right, or it. Or TikTok or whatever. Yeah, right. yeah that, that's how I found Haunting. That's how I found Josh, Haunting Season. Yep. Yep. So, but we're we're going to review start we're going to review the review. We're going to turn the tables on the review and see if the review itself can survive the techniques it used, right? So basically, you, the surgeon, th- these reviewers are, they lay the movie out on the table and they're the surgeon. And now they're on the table and we're just going to take the tools and do the exact same procedure and see what happens. I'm, yeah, and, I'm and like curious. a lot of reviewers are... It might work out well for them. Critical reviews... Depends on what kind of surgeon if they people, If people like trash a movie and, you know, so like say it's like not what... Like I, I will say like after seeing um, Event Horizon... Like we did that for Hollow Can We Go, and that was in the thirty percent. So that's not a thirty percent movie. No. But if your movie gets trashed like that, that really like like mm-hmm. puts a shot in your leg of mm-hmm. you being able to get finance for your next film or even be able to make an- another one. So totally. they kind of hold this key a little bit to like if you're going to be able to advance it. And I think mm-hmm. dissecting that aspect of it is going to be quite interesting. Yep. And to, to be honest with you, while we're doing this. Uh, I also want people, if, if they're interested, to listen to our reviews. I want to know if I've ever said anything oh, yeah. that I could be... Because, to be honest, it would be hypocritical, right. I think, for us to do this, but not to be open to it ourselves. Sure, of course. So I would be Always. curious if there were people who listened to a review that didn't agree with us on something. Like, what was it? And like then exploring right. that. Well, this podcast has now been going long enough where I've literally changed, actively changed my mind on things. Right. Which is, and and we've even done it. I think we've revisited movies now at this point, right? Like Event Horizon itself is a movie we've talked about. And it got, it got better. <laughs> the, it got better podcast. because of how we viewed it. Right. But I'm just open to, I'm absolutely open to that. I, I it's That's the curious part to me is like, What's the problem with changing or your mind or growing on a on a thing? It's where you dig in your heels and you're like, no, I'm still right. That's where the fun part would be. Right. Like, no, no, I'm still right. Exorcist two is the best like, Exorcist. Like, you're like what? <laughs> you know, I'm I I I would wonder if we had a chance to talk to Don K. Do you really think that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre being a um uh is is mean spirited? He does. A, a real knock against the Texas he does, he does. Chainsaw he that. He, Massacre. So, but, 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 but he believes it. He thinks that it's just torturing empty, non-fleshed-out human beings to give people the thrill of seeing human beings taken apart in certain ways. That's what he 
means when he says mean-spirited and that the only motive for it is profit. That's what he means when he's saying all that, right? Well, but the, the only problem, motive for a lot of movies is profit. Right, right, right. right <laughs> but but that's a, the problem is, is that what he's saying there is that this is the only explanation he can arrive at for why this movie was so unfun for him. And this movie had like so few thrills and scares and, you know, originality and, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, for, for his taste, right? So he's searching for the reason for it. And that's the reason he found. I suspect I might find the reason in him. <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> but, but again, but to, but to his credit, I'm sure, but to his credit, I'm sure him and I could, could shake hands on that ending, which is going to be the interesting part of reviewing the <laughs> right, reviewers exactly. because exactly. I don't want people to assume like these are like takedowns or some shit like that. It's no, no. It, I honestly respect the game. I love the craft. I, it's a it's an know, exploration it, of the craft, and it's not. You know, it's funny. Every, we we use this word review. Everything's a review now because social media and all the ever yeah, present yeah. like kind of connectivity like or whatever, it. right? Like it's not even whatever. But I think of everything as a review. But I I see people who like post or tweet or like like somehow like write a medium article or whatever with really thoughtful even a core or whatever. And it'll just be one or two lines that just catch you. I saw one the other day where someone was talking about how, um, what a just stripped down nihilistic, uh, piece of work alien covenant was. And I was like, I got to rewatch alien covenant. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember alien covenant having any kind of distinct standout, like quality. He really, this person really felt like it was, it was, it had doubled down on being like nihilistic. I was like, I don't remember that. It's interesting. So I'll go look for it. Right. But it was just a couple sentences and then it stuck with me and then it, it turned into something interesting where I want to hunt down and see whether it's right or not. Right. That's what reviews are supposed to do is lead you to watch other movies. Right. There's some famous poet who had said the only way to review a poem is to write another poem. Right. So you don't have to quote, you don't have to make another movie to do it, but like you at least have to put in the damn effort to, to, right. to write anyway. So that's yeah. the, so that's the uh, ti- working, working title. So yes. it's subject. Oh, subject, we need a better title. We need a, we, we need a way better title. So if you're creative, uh, throw it our yeah, way. Um, and in the meantime, if you're uh, looking at yourself thinking, man, I need more horror content in my life. And, you know, you're already listening to this. You know, we're doing numbers mm-hmm. in the podcast game. Mm-hmm. Go to Amazon. Indeed. Horror Hotel. Wonderful book. Beautifully done audio book. It has been trending up and down in the amazon like top 100 which is like really really freaking cool very impressive. and i will not stop plugging this book until it gets until we see new york times <laughs> bestselling one. yeah new york times bestselling author um check out horror hotel it's written by my fiance and her, her 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 friend they both co-wrote it and people are digging it. they're getting people they're getting messages now of people being like i just jumped into it i'm already on chapter seven and it's like it's crazy because it's like it's just people from around the goddamn world, it's, it's and and so cool. and they're like they're like sending the messages going like I'm on chapter seven and I love it. And to me, it's just crazy that like they sat over there yeah. and like I would like get them. I'd be like, you guys need Starbucks? I'm going to Starbucks <laughs> run. And then they're like, yeah, sure. And they're just they're feeling just something. Humans. Yeah, they're creating things that people yeah. like are resonating with and loving. And it's just a, it's just I don't know. It's really nice to see like people put in creative work. I love it. And like people like responding to it. Mm-hmm. Um, any any kind of shape. Check into this hotel. This book is amazing. Check in, but you can't check out. <laughs> if I if we had the rights, I'd end it with Hotel California, but we'll get sued the Timbuktu. So we, we will. We'll just go. We'll just go with the Hollywood things. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. Bye, guys. Listen to a bunch of eagles. Bye, Watch guys. Eagles. Bye.